Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. Today, I am going to speak to you about a topic that I am very particularly interested in and have used this throughout my life, especially after the process when I started healing and I truly believe in creating the life that we want as opposed to just living life in autopilot or um, you know, waiting for life to happen to us. So this episode, we are going to discuss how your, did you know that your brain can, and body cannot tell the difference between visualization, that is imagination and reality. Um, and you know, I am a particularly a science nerd. So I really want to focus on bringing you some scientific evidence and study studies to show how this really is true and how you can apply this in your life and how you can really create your next year, which is 2021, as we are approaching the end of the year, and truly at least begin to start looking into this concept and um, sort of experiment with this in, in your lives. Did you know that most successful people in the world use the power of visualization to attain desired outcome? whether it is improving your quality of life, whether it is attracting more money and success in your life, whether it's inviting love into your life or healing from a disease or just overall improving your lifestyle. You know, one of the quote from Albert Einstein really sticks to my, sticks to my mind um, right now as I speak about this. Every, and he, he quotes, everything is energy and that's all there is to it match the frequency of reality and you can't help but get the reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Many people in this world mock 
visualization and fantasy. They interchangeably use this term, and that's a big mistake, I think, because by mocking visualization, you take away the hope and the key ingredient you need to be more happy and live a blissful future for yourself. And when you have a clear, crystal clear um, vision about your life and what you want, you take the actions and you move towards that vision. A lot of times, visualization is not just, you know, visualizing and you expect the life to happen. If you just continue to visualize, but if you don't know where you're going, you, you know, it's almost like if in the GPS of your life, if you don't put in the GPS where you're going in life or where you're headed, you never, you know, you just stay stuck in an autopilot mode and in a mode where everything around you influences what you do as opposed to you influencing or making life choices or you know working on yourself to become the best version of yourself and creating a life of your dreams you know when we're younger we're so raw and we believe that anything and everything is ha- is achievable and it is it still is but then life happens and then we move away from the concept so this year i really urge you to look into this concept like you heard you know nelson talk about some of this stuff in terms of healing his cancer I absolutely think that it is possible for you to attain any results that you want if you work and use this mental technique. Creative visualization is a mental technique that uses imagination to make your goals and dreams come true. Your brain absolutely cannot tell the difference. So you guys know how I am. I'm you know, big on science and, you know, self-improvement. And I really want to give you some empirical evidence um, in this podcast so that you can truly apply some of these skills, some, some of these skills in your life. I'll give you an example um, of my life. When I was um, graduating from North Dakota and I was moving from North Dakota to Manhattan, I absolutely wanted to live in Manhattan. Manhattan, New York was a place that I absolutely wanted to move to. I wanted to make that my home. And this was in the year 2008 when everything around me was, you know, falling apart. This was around the end of the year after I graduated from grad school and I wanted to take a leap to Manhattan. And one of the things at that point in my life I ended up doing through just research like this and learning from a lot of people and following people and just learning the skill, I would sit and meditate on this in that year and I would be very specific about what I wanted, you know, and I would see all these things in my head. I didn't care about how it would come to fruition, but I would see these things happening very specifically and I would take actions towards that. And it, like I mentioned, it was in 2008, you know, it was in the middle of election and it was just the economy was falling apart. There was almost like this great depression that was happening. Everybody was losing their jobs. And here I was wanting to move to a city where in this economic turmoil when everybody was losing jobs. I was right out of college. So I wanted to, you know, make move to a big city because I grew up in Bombay and um, I would imagine this every day and all of these things in just a matter of two weeks started to fall in place one of my best friends at the time that I had stopped talking to for a while called me up because she was going through some stuff in her life and she invited me to live with her it worked out for both of us I would apply for jobs like it was my job and I knew and I had full faith of you know I would get a job I didn't care what was happening around me and I was 
very, very uh, assertive of the fact that I would land a job no matter what. And lo and behold, in one month of applying in the middle of all this madness, while everybody was losing jobs, I got a job. And I was there for four or five years of my life. And I absolutely loved it. So, you know, Going back to if you have um, something that you want in your life or have been wanting or waiting for, you absolutely can create in your life. And I urge you to do that in 2021. So I just want to give you some examples and some studies that will absolutely give you um, scientific evidence that this is not just some, you know, woo-woo stuff happening out, out there. But it is something that, you know, research has proved that if you um, and a lot of my work that I'm going to share right now is um, based off of Dr. David R. Hamilton. He was featured as one of the guests in the movie called Heal on Netflix. I really urge you to watch that movie. It's an amazing movie um, and a documentary, very inspiring. So that's something that I would urge you to watch. But a lot of his work um, I'm going to share with you um, that I found interesting. He did all the research, so it's just easier to jam pack all that in this episode which i tend want to keep short but just to give you all the scientific evidence that i got really excited when i was reading so judging by the brain scans in you know in people who who had done this imagery work and creative visualization work they found that there were there was a study done so the volunteers were asked to play a simple sequence of piano notes each day for five consecutive days, their brains were scanned each day in the region connected to the finger muscles. You know, how else would they measure, uh, measure that? So another set of volunteers were asked to imagine playing the notes instead, also having their brain scanned every day. So one set was imagining that they were playing certain piano notes and the other, other set of groups were actually playing the piano notes. What they found in the study that when they compared the two results, you were clearly able to see that the people who actually, there was no difference in the brain scans of the finger, the part of your brain when they measured, when they noticed the part regions of the brain that had, you know, that were connected to the finger muscles, they noticed that there was no difference in the scans of people who played the piano versus the ones that didn't. Your brain and your body absolutely doesn't distinguish real from imaginary. A lot of times, so I'll give you another woman, and a lot of athletes actually use this in their work, you know, the Olympic athletes. Um, one particular, they use this power, creative power of visualization to absolutely um, do do this work. Um, and one particular example that sticks out, um, her name is Sally Gunnell. Um, she, she won 1992 Olympic um, gold medal in 400 meter hurdles. Sally explained that winning gold was 70% mental. After failing to win at the 1991 World Championships, she started practicing visualization. She did it every day, imagining sprinting, hurdling, and even having the strength to hang on in the home straight. And she just kept doing this over and over. Through visualization like this, her brain would under had undergone changes that improved her muscles, giving her body the capacity to do what she had imagined. And lo and behold, um, you know, 
year later, she won the Olympic gold ma- medal in 1992. So you can apply this exact same technique in your life to improve your ability in sports. To And they have found that, you know, several studies have found that stroke patients who actually experience stroke, for instance, when they use the power of visualization, they were able to speed up their recovery. So they use a lot of this work in rehabilitation after illness or, or so, um, um, an injury. So, you know, if you are recovering from a disease or if you're going into surgery, and I use this with a lot of my patients before they go into surgery or before after they come back from surgery, you know, to just spend five to 10 minutes, at least three times a day to sit there and just focus in your mind and in your brains that your entire body is healing. And I'm going to give you six different examples of how, you know, your brains cannot differentiate, six different ways that your brains cannot differentiate between real and imaginary. First thing, We'll talk about his uh, immune system, and I, like I mentioned to you, a, a lot of this was um, I found this article that Dr. Hamilton um, did in terms of his studies, and it was very fascinating to me. I, so I had to share it with you guys. And he found that research shows that if we imagine increasing the number of particular immune cells or antibodies, we can actually increase these numbers. It can even be. It was even trialed in patients undergoing chemotherapy for cancer when one group of patients, in addition to receiving their treatment as normal, also visualized their immune system destroying the cancer cells. These studies show that patients visualizing their immune systems working have higher numbers of T cells and more active killer cells than those not visualizing, which is what probably happened with Nelson. Um, also, you know, in terms of movement, like I was telling you with the athletes, research shows that athletes and stroke patients repeatedly showed that Im- imagining specific movements improve the ability to perform those mo- movements, just like we discussed in the piano study. As much as, as, as such that imagining lifting weights makes you stronger, imagining swinging a golf club helps you hit the golf better, and imagining lifting your arm when your movement has been impaired improves your ability to lift your arm. According to brain scans, this is because imagining movements activates and builds the same brain circuitry as actually moving does, just like we saw in the piano group. You know, it was fascinating when you see these fMRIs, brain scans, when, you know, you have a group of people imagining hitting golf balls or swinging golf balls or, you know, lifting weights or running a certain, you know, uh, period, running for a certain period or biking for a certain period or, you know, doing all those these, you activate the same brain circuitries in your brain, which in turn, when, you know, when um, there was also a study done where they measured, um, you know, a group of volunteers were asked to close um, uh, their hands or um, uh, palm into a fist, and they noticed 
that when they would close open, close open, just almost like you're doing, you know, squishing the stress ball, they were no, they noticed that the group that just imagined it, their hand or arm muscles were just as powerful as the ones that, you know, were actually opening and closing their fists. So it was really fascinating. Visualization, mental imagery techniques have subsequently helped sports people improve their performance, as well as, you know, help stroke people for stroke patients recover more movement and much quicker um, in their process of recovery and rehabilitation. Also, a lot of this work is done for people um, in terms of eating. Some research shows that when you imagine eating, the full process of biting, chewing, imagining the taste and swallowing. So you have to be very specific. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just imagining, you know, you're creatively visualizing all the details, indulging all your senses as if you are right there and, you know, you, you are in that moment doing that exact thing that you are creatively visualizing. Your brain can process, it is such, it is much the same way as, as if you were actually eating. So when you eat something, there comes a point when your brain, brain says, hey, I'm full, I don't need to be eating anymore. And thus the brain begins to suppress your appetite. So you don't eat until you, you know, explode. So research when um, where people imagine eating sweets or cubes of cheese found that their brain had processed it as if it was really as if they ate the sweets or the cheese and thus also suppressed their appetite and they felt more satiated and full, you know, even when they were imagining this. Another really good um, way of practicing this is kindness. When you're kind to a person or an animal, you feel a sense of warmth or connection. You know, your brain and heart produces oxytocin. It's, a, you know, kindness hormone, a love drug, a hug drug, or a cuddle chemical, oxytocin acts on your brain circuits to create a sense of bonding on your arteries to reduce blood pressure and on your immune system to combat stress damage, you know. But if you close your eyes and vividly imagine the same kindness, your brain will also produce oxytocin. It's down to how you feel and how you feel the same warmth and connection, whether you're being kind in reality or simply in your imagination. So like I was telling you earlier, there was a recent study actually um, done by University of Boulder and um, really fascinating study done. It was done um, in 2018, so not too long ago. And they mentioned, so their study was actually really interesting since we're in the topic of, you know, um, the other one of the other things that it can do is it, it studies have shown, this study sh- was shown to um, help, you know, people combat fear, and phobias, and, you know, PTSD symptoms. And they said that if you imagine barking, uh, imagine a barking dog or a furry spider or another perceived threat and your brain and body respond much like it would respond as if you actually experienced that thing. So imagine it repeatedly in a safe environment and soon your phobia and your brain responds it to it responses to it subsides isn't that awesome where if you're scared of something if you just imagine it in in your mind and then you're in a safe environment where you know that you're not actually getting bit you can actually train your brain to get rid of some of that fear and phobia and 
you know, a lot of um, PTSD symptoms, they mentioned that this could help. And a lot of anxiety-related disorders you can overcome with this. So research confirms that imagination is a neurobiological uh, reality that can impact our brains and bodies in ways that matter to our well-being, um, said Dr. Wagner, the director of Cognitive and Affective Neuroscience Lab at uh, Colorado Boulder. And then this was this study was published in the Journal of Neuron. About one in three people in the United States have anxiety disorders, including phobias, and 8% have PTSD. So these novel findings bridge a long-standing gap between clinical practice and cognitive neuroscience. And this is the first neuroscience study to show that imagining a threat can actually alter the way it is represented in the brain. For this study, they used 68 healthy participants. They were trained to associate a sound with an uncomfortable but not painful electric shock. And then they were divided into three groups. And either... They were exposed to the same threatening sound, asked to play the sound in their head, or asked to imagine a pleasant bird and rain sounds, all without experiencing further shocks. The researchers measured brain activity using fMRI, and the sensors on their skin measured how the body responded. In the groups that imagined and heard the threatening sounds, the brain activity was remarkably similar with the auditory cortex, so the part of our brain that processes sound, the nucleus acumen, which processes fear, the amygdala, you know, the stressor, um, the fright or fleas part of our brain, and the ventromedial prefrontal cortex, the part that's associated with risk and aversion, um, you know, thinking, decision, all of that just lit up. After repeated exposure without the accompanying shock, the subjects in both the real and imagined threat groups experience what is known as extension, which is formally fear-inducing stimulus no longer ignited a fear response in those people. How exciting is that? Essentially, the brain had learned to, the unlearned to be afraid. Statistically, real and imagined exposure to threat were not different at a whole brain level, and imagination worked just as well. Uh, one of the research um, studies, um, scientists mentioned that. So I think a whole lot of people assume that the way to reduce fear or negative emo- emotion is to imagine something good. In fact, what might be more effective is exactly the opposite. Imagine the threat, but without the negative consequences. So imagine something pleasant, you know, at, notice yourself sitting in your happy place or happy space where you're actually there in a space that you have created in your mind, like noticing all the different visualizations uh, and all the senses and indulging yourself in a space, but then noticing something, you know, scary, but then you're safe or just in your in, create a space in your mind that's safe to you, but then you imagine the threat and you'll notice over time you won't be you can work through a lot of your fears in life. So new studies suggest that imagination may be more powerful tool than previously believed for updating those memories. If you have a memory that is no longer useful for you or is crippling you, you can use imagination to tap into it, change it, and reconsolidate it. Updating the way you think about the experience, 
um, about about that whole experience. So stressing that something as simple as imagining a single tone tapped in, into a complex network of brain circuitry. So imagine how cool that is. And one of the other things that I wanted to sort of, you know, um, dabble on or mention was that a lot of times, you know, it can you can even use visualizations to um, give you extra confidence. You can imagine yourself in this situation where you would norm normally or usually be lacking, but see yourself acting with confidence, conveying the body language, every little detail, like I mentioned too. And you can shape your brain circuitry and your physiology and your health and your body and your well-being into whatever you want it to be. And it absolutely, absolutely is so true. Um, so I would really urge you to hope some of this research gives you scientific evidence and, you know, uh, inspiration to look into some of this thing. And I really urge you to sort of ponder on some things that you would like to change in your life, you know, that are currently not working, or that would you that would that you would currently like updated or upgraded um, in this coming year, you know, the mindset that you want instead, instead of being, you know, stressed and overwhelmed, or anything that you think needs to change. And one of the other things with this experience, I find is that it's not just imagination because a lot of times like I was mentioning to you earlier you know when we're kids we're full of life we dream big we think big things and we want big things for ourselves and you know only one to five percent of the population in our entire world in our entire on the globe and all the nations think this way and actually practice these things whereas a lot of people want change but then you have to take the actions towards doing that change. And a lot of times, you know, one of the things that also happens is that our beliefs, which is very just as important, they kind of, you know, as we go through life, like I was mentioning earlier, our life happens, which is we form beliefs based on our parenting, based on the environment we grow up in, based on, you know, the experiences, the culture, the race, you know, the school we go to, the teachers we are associated with. Um, all of these different factors really play a big role into what our what our beliefs are about ourselves. So if you believe that you absolutely can achieve something, oh, you absolutely can. So one of the other things that I would encourage you to do other than visualization is, you know, look into your self-limiting beliefs. What are your beliefs about health? What are your beliefs about work? What are your beliefs about love? What are your beliefs about your self-worth and, you know, what you're capable of and what you can? And I, I'll put in my show notes, there is a sheet that I've created which is become the best version of yourself, how to rewire your subconscious beliefs and reprogram your subconscious beliefs so that you can set yourself up for success and anything that you want to achieve and attain in your life. And go through that sheet. It's a free sheet. I encourage you to, to you know, really look into in this next year, what are some of the things that stops you from being who you are and who you want to be and how you want to tackle the 2021 if that wasn't the year where, you know, big things happen for you. Um, so you absolutely can change something. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I tell my patients and truly believe in life, if we want to go places we've never been, we have to do things we've never done. And what are some of the things that you want to change in your life so that you can have a better year and years after that. 
thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you being here. And I hope that some of this information really helps you jumpstart and, you know, give you hope and inspire you to make some of these changes and use this technique to absolutely create. And I would love to hear from you. So please, 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 it would be awesome if you can, you know, experiment this on yourself. And if you do get the results that you want uh, and are anticipating, then I would love to hear your successes. Um, it would be absolutely a pleasure to see this working for you and you being a living example of how this process actually works. Um, but you just have to be consistent with it. You have to take actions. You can't just keep imagining. Um, and, you know, your belief and faith has to absolutely be aligned to your higher purpose. So you absolutely can do this. I totally believe that you can. And I would love to hear from you uh, if you do end up, you know, using this technique and it ends up making big strides in your life. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I really, really, really appreciate you tuning in every week and listening to what I have to say and supporting me through this journey. And I love supporting you through your journey of becoming a better version of yourself. So thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe if you haven't yet. And so you can never miss our episode and please rate and review. So I would love to keep the show going and your rating and your review and your feedback really, really helps me in, you know, keeping this journey moving forward. So thank you so much for being here. Until next time, I wish you the happiest holidays and a beautiful new year that's about to um, happen for us. So thank you.